Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, and please play responsibly. Yo, yo, yo. What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. Oilers win 3-2 on the road against the Buffalo Sabres as their road trip chugs on. It's your boy, Avery Lewis McDougal, back here in the good old-fashioned host chair. I'm, I'm having fun hosting these shows again, and if you know the guy beside me, you know what we've done over the past few years, hosting different shows, like the Brian Avery Hour, and you know his work as a motivational speaker, as advocate for accessibility in Edmonton. It is the one, the only, Brad Barco. Brian, welcome to the podcast, Brian. How you doing, sir? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. What a what an opportunity and, and a great honor to be back in the saddle. I'm excited to be back talking sports. It's been a while. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's uh, a big Oilers win tonight. It's uh, good to see them get uh, two big points, much needed, to stay in the, in the race and in the, in the hunt for – you know, the division lead with everybody else winning. Now, Seattle's keeping pace. Vegas is winning. Um, so I, I'm glad to be here. So thanks so much for having me. No, of course, of course. Yeah, that, yeah, you mentioned right there the logjam in the Western Conference and the, the Pacific. It is, as much as, as much as some fans are, you know, worried about what's going to happen with Seattle and Vegas and Edmonton, I like it. I like the fact that the Western Conference and the Pacific are still on giant unknowns compared to the East, where we know what's going to happen for the most part in Eastern Conference. I like the fact that the West is still pretty volatile in my mind, Brad. Yeah, 100%. Especially, you know, people people tend to make fun of the Pacific Division. Oh, it's a weaker division. It's this or that. But, I mean, it really, you know, you got the likes of Seattle up there. And, and really, before the, the start of the year, and I think Jordan Eberle said it best at, uh, post-game, at the end of their last game, I think it was yesterday the day before, and everybody counted them out, and that's that's what they got. They knew what they had in the room. They got some young talent there. Matty Beniers has obviously run away, I think, with with, with rookie of the year, and and he he's he stepped up. I mean, he got Jordan Everway fifty plus points again for the first time, uh, you know, since he was a member of the Edmonton Oilers. So I mean, really, everything is quick. And Grubauer's having a big year again. I mean, uh, Chris Chris Drieger again is, is backing him up too. So that team is solid, and, and credit to to Ronnie Francis and and the, and the brass there. I mean, they stood they stood pat at the deadline. They didn't make many moves, uh, didn't do much. He's confident in his group, confident in his young guys and his team, and it's really uh, really starting to pay off. And really, the 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 second full season of the Seattle Kraken, it's it's awesome to see. No, of course it really is. And compared to how expansion teams used to be built uh, many years ago, teams like Ottawa, San Jose. Atlanta, uh, when, um, Minnesota, Columbus, they were built in a way in which they were not going to be good for six, seven, eight, nine years. The way expansion teams are built now with the draft and frequency, it's good to see teams like Vegas and Seattle 
coming out of the gate contending as opposed to being bottom feeders for almost a decade. Yeah, and then uh, you know you you've had Vegas uh, top of the top of the Pacific for a couple of years now. They got a strong team. Obviously, injuries right now. Mark Stone out long term. Um, they obviously picked up a veteran guy, John and Quick, that kind of I think rough ruffled some feathers in L.A. and and Rob, Rob Blake I think lost uh, lost some morale there and uh, not not sure what at, at first what the brass was doing. It turned out to be good. Um, obviously for the Kings, they wanted to turn the page. They got a little bit younger, um, and, and you know what? And and uh, Yamo Kukalainen did a, did well by Johnny Quick in Columbus and said, "Look, we'll trade you to a contender. You get a real opportunity, and, and it really puts Vegas back in that picture." We there's some question marks with obviously Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill there, and you know Amber Swan. And there's goaltending goaltending carousel, but I think it's really um, or will settle down. I think the more games John the quick plays, maybe he can take the reins and uh, and jump into the playoffs with this team. So, well, we'll see because right um, this past year, John the quick stats have not been the best for LA. You can tell he's been slowing down, but we will we will see what can happen if um, the Vegas change can can help him out. Being, I know this year has been a difficult for him, and um, going back doing back to the game in hand, Brad with the goals win three to two was night in which big praise to Stuart Skinner. Over 30 saves tonight. Really great game. He looked in control. I know there were a few times where the, the Sabres were buzzing around his net. He looked calm. He looked composed. And he looked much more stable than Jack Campbell was against Vegas a couple nights ago. Right? Yeah, and I, I really think I, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks or month now, but uh, I think Stewie's really cemented, cemented himself as the number one guy. I think that's the number one guy moving forward. Obviously, you want to give Jack his opportunity. That's a $5 million goaltender. I, I think he, you know, and and we've seen flashes of of Jack Campbell. You know, he went he went nine games with he went eight zero and one. He went on that stretch. It looked like Jack was back, and then and then Jack hits that wall again. So you know, he hasn't really lived up to expectations in Edmonton. And and let, let's be real. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people that that don't maybe follow the Oilers long term, or you got Leaf fans chirping that it was Kenny Holland's fault. Well, look. Kenny Holland went out, did his job, got a goaltender, thought this was going to be the guy. He can't control what Jack Campbell does between the pipes and when Jack Campbell steps on the ice. Now, we, we can only hope for the next four years moving forward uh, that Jack Campbell is the Jack Campbell of advertised. I have faith in that. I think I think uh, possibly, you know, Jack might rebound, get an opportunity in the playoffs if, if Stu falters. But right now, this is Stu's net, and he showed why tonight he made some Tremendous saves, as you mentioned, poise. Uh, and I, I think a lot of that, Avery, has a lot to do with kind of his new look defense in front of him. You know, you, you got you got some a little bit more stability back there. Matias Ekholm, we talked about this, you know, off air. Matias Ekholm brings a, a lot more to the Edmonton Oilers than, than really just the naked eye. Stability, he's got physical presence, he's got that, that, that year of or the years of playoff pedigree. He's a veteran defenseman, and this is a guy that can come in and calm everything down. He calms down Bouchard a bit, takes some minutes off of Darnell Nurse, takes some pressure off the defenseman, let Vinny Dayarnay fall back into his spot, you know, and, and really does a great job. And, and noticeably, I know it's only been a few games, Avery, but noticeably he's done a tremendous job back there. And there's a, in my eyes, there's a massive difference in that Oilers defense. Some no. credit to 
Yeah, no, of course. And I, as everybody knows, I was, I said before, I was harsh on Ken Holland, and I'll give him credit. This is the kind of guy I said before. You had to, at the trade deadline, you had to go and you had to either get Chikrin, Ekholm, Carlson. One of those guys you had to get. Brings an Ekholm. We know what he did in Nashville. He's one of their top D He comes to Edmonton, and watching him play, watching him play tonight, watching him play against Toronto and against Winnipeg, you can tell, he's calmed things down. He's great two-way D-man. He is jumped up in the play when needed. This is the kind of guy that you bring in to have a long playoff run. And and this is the kind of guy who wants to be here long-term. He said before, you know, after the season, he's, his family's going to be in town. He's going to have his family explore Edmonton in the summertime. His wife wants to come see Edmonton. Like, these are the kind of guys you want to bring into your market. Guys who not only want to win here, but guys who want to see this market and see what they're trying to build as a long-term solution or as a long-term um, location to play. Yeah, and you you mentioned, I mean, you and I, I mean, you obviously are very vocal, but you and I in the past few years have been very vocal about Kenny Holland. And and you know what? I, I got to give the guy credit where credit's due here. He went out and got, and, and got a D-man. Did he pay a price? Yes. But that's also the price of doing doing business, I believe. But if you want to break it down and go through, through things more, we and you, me and you have talked about this for years. The window to win is open now. Connor McDavid, Leonard, and they're prized now. So, so if we're really breaking things down, I'm seeing all whining and complaining on Twitter. So you look at that window. Let, let's call that window. Let's say we got that three, four year window now. Okay, let's just call it a, a three, four year window. Well, Connor, I'm sorry, but Connor McDavid and Leon Brasado are not waiting around for Reed Schaefer to make the team and and possibly better. And and, and let's be real. I believe he's still he's still probably a good two to three years away, especially with this Oilers forward group. Mm-hmm. I, I a little bit of watching him. He can go get an opportunity with a rebuilding Nashville team. Maybe he's a little bit you know a little bit closer there. That's fine. And then obviously we we talked about this offensive this offensive explosive team. You got Connor. You got Leon. You got those guys. So you could really trade from a position of of in a sense strength. Tyson Berry was. Was I in my mind a, a fantastic Edmonton Oilers both on and off the ice? You, you, sometimes you got to give up assets to get good assets, and and that's and that's what he did. Now obviously that first round pick also going back. You got to remember if they make the playoffs and make a deep run, that's twenty five or lower. I'm okay giving that up, and especially you look at the you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they gave up in Tanner Janot. Yes, it's a big haul. Yes, it turns some heads. But again, breaking it down, they don't care about those draft picks three, four, five years from now. They want to win now, and they know their windows now. Yes. So, so really, in a sense, Kenny Holman kind of shoved his chips. We've been talking about trading first round picks the last couple of years, and guess what? He did it, and he went out and he got his gun. No, of course he had to. And again, first round again, you want to win, you want to win now. It's gonna hurt, you know. Of course, you gotta. Trade guys like Barry Schaefer. That's what it takes to get assets like Matthias Ekholm. You got to be willing to part with first round picks. You got to be willing to part with roster players, prospects. Because I've said it before. I said it here. I said it on many platforms. Uh, you shouldn't be caring about 2027, 2028, 2029 right now. You got McDavid on pace for almost under almost 160 points. Drysaddle, I'm gonna have a hundred point year. Hyman, I'm gonna have a 30 goal year. Eugene Hopkins, gonna have a hundred point year. This is not yeah. the time right now to worry about again, like the what's Reed Schaefer gonna be like. 
right now, to be, to be quite frank, who cares? Who cares yeah, and, about and, that? <laughs> and, and that's exactly it, right? And then you look back, and then you move over, and you go in, you're going to get a guy like Nick Bukestad. Now, is that the flashy move? No. But it's a bottom six guy. But again, almost similar to Matisse at home, where now our defense is no smaller than 6'2", 6'3". Now you got a guy that is 6'6". He's a power forward. And you see a massive difference in that bottom six already the last couple of games. He's in there. He's physical. He's driving the net. He's he, He's got that little bit of defensive edge to him. Again, is he flashy? He's going to put up 100 points. No, that but that's not what they need from a bottom six guy. And mm-hmm. a third and a third round pick again. They don't care about that third round pick. And Michael Kessler, look, all 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 respect to Michael Kessler Kesselring, and he was fantastic in Bakersfield. As as the defense stood now, he was not good enough to make it in the lineup. He's probably not good enough to make it in the lineup the next year or two. So again, you're trading from a position of strength. To get a guy that you need now to make that deep playoff run because we've seen it against Colorado, we've seen it against Calgary last year. We see, you know, you at, at points you need that big, that physical, that that just that bulking presence, and that that's what a guy like Matias Ekholm is going to bring you, and that's what Nick Beekstad is going to bring you. And again, credit to Kenny Holland, what credits too, because I think he did a fantastic job of what he had, especially the cap space with what he had. Um, moving out, yes, he pulled the RV and getting him a fresh start. We knew that needed to happen. But again, moving out, yes, he pulled the RV, allowed him to acquire a guy like Matias Stackholm and Nick Beekstad. I think today, as it stands, this team is slightly better and this team has a real opportunity to come out of the West. No, it does. He mentioned Nick Bukestad. I saw a comment in the um, in the chat here from Game Over how Bukestad from Eric Tanner, Bukestad was huge in the circle tonight. And that's what Bukestad is going to bring for you uh, depth scoring. Great in the faceoff circle, great on the penalty kill. That's that's what you're that's what you're gonna need, and this is what this team yeah. is gonna get a huge boost in. And I think Bukestad, and again, and Bukestad, you know, my, I know you said Kesselring over to Arizona, but that wasn't that big of. I know, yes, he is having big minutes. He's playing great in AHL, but again, yeah. an AHL guy wasn't gonna play here for quite some time, or no. someone who can help you immediately on the third line or fourth line like um, Bukestad. You go get Bukestad all day every day. A hundred percent, and you know he, and then you you see what that line did tonight. You know he's he's playing with uh, last game. He's playing with Derek Ryan. He's playing with them, and and what that does, like you, at home and instead, make the they make the players around them better. They make them almost elevate themselves. I don't know if it's that if it's that new guy mentality in the lineup. You go, oh, I gotta I gotta get better for this guy, but it almost seems. The team is getting better. Let, let's not forget. I mean, Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale are on a different planet. Uh, Connor McDavid, I never thought like I, I knew he was elite. I knew he was one of the best in the world. But this is a new level to Connor McDavid. I think this is the hungriest I've seen Connor McDavid. And and if it's Connor McDavid's mission, he will carry if he needs to. And we've seen it last year in the playoffs. He he will carry this team to the playoffs. And through the playoffs, and and to me, right now as it stands, again, I'll, and I'll I'll bet on it. This is a Final Four hockey team if they keep rolling. Stuart Skinner, obviously, there's there's some there's some you know aspects that need to play in here, but their defense is better. Their bottom six got slightly better, and of course, we know what to expect when they're with their top six. 
And I, I think this is a team that uh, when when all things are, are clicking, this is a team to look out for in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned McDavid. Uh, two goals again tonight in Edmonton in Edmonton's yeah. win. And he's had 54, 50 goal, goals now. And look at McDavid, my <laughs> and this is a guy who still and this is a guy who for a long time didn't consider himself to be a goal scorer. Now he feels they feel that was not his game. And here he is on pace to threaten possibly seventy goals for a guy yeah. who for a long time didn't consider himself to be a goal scorer. Uh, and he's only twenty six years old. We don't know what he could do at 27, 28, 29. It's scary to think that we might still have not found Peak McDavid just yet. Well, that's a scary thing to say. hundred <laughs> percent. And that's not scary for an oil fan. That's exciting. But if you're if you're the rest of the league, I would be I would absolutely be shaking in my boots. That to think at a hundred and a hundred and you know twenty four points, fifty 53 goals, you know, it's it's incredible. And to think there might possibly even be another level to that. You know what? I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, Avery. I don't think, and, and I know we talk about this all the time. We've seen it with Ovechkin, seen it with Crosby, seen it with these generational players. I have never seen a player on this type of trajectory. You know, Conor McDavid was – we knew he was a goal scorer. We knew he was, you know, that prolific passer, and he'd set up other players. And it was it was almost a joke the last couple of years that Connor needed to shoot more. Connor needed to shoot more. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he listened, and he just put the entire league on notice. This guy, I, I am really at this point with, what do we have, 18 games left. I wouldn't be surprised if he's knocking on the door of 70 goals at the end of the year, and I don't think, we've seen Matthews do it at 60, but who is who is coming right now in the next little bit to even threaten that? I mean, this guy is on a different planet, and, and to think if he breaks 70 this year, and to think there's another level even next year or the year after, I mean, what are we in for? This is, this is a treat for the league. This guy should be on ESPN. This guy should be on TNT. Wednesday night hockey, Saturday night. None of these. The league needs to stop with these afternoon, eleven o'clock, ten thirty games on a Saturday in Columbus. This guy and this team right now needs to be prime time, eight o'clock Mountain, five o'clock Mountain, whatever you got to do, because the rest of the world needs to watch ninety-seven play. Yeah, I know this game was an ESPN Plus game, so that was one thing uh, fans of America got to see what McDavid was doing, and it, it it is crazy because this is the Hardest era of hockey when it comes to um, coaching, development, how goaltenders are. How this is this is by far this is the hardest era of hockey ever, and he is threatening seventy goals. It does not make a lick of sense. And watching him, even just watching him, Brad, during practices and morning skates, watching what he does, like it's yeah. tough. Like he does, he does things on the ice, just practicing, messing around with the puck that other players can't comprehend, like cannot do. It's I always make a joke on Twitter that the NHL isn't hard enough for him. Got to find a harder league for McDavid to go play in because he makes NHL look like it's a game of shinny. And and at, at times it he makes it look like he's playing on easy mode on NHL 23 out there. He's just it's 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 crazy. It's ridiculous. And you know, let let me ask, I'll ask you this. I mean, do you think how close are we to watch them this year score 70? Can he do it? Will he do? I mean, and. and 
And then what do what do what do you think and what do you have, Matt, for for points at the end of the year? It's a hundred and you know, it's a hundred and seventieth stretch. It's a hundred and like what what is the what is the ceiling for Connor McDavid? I I don't know because I've tried to be rational with what he could do just in terms of hockey players. Like, remember, for the hockey news this year, I, I called him having 122 points this year, thinking, you know, okay, he had 121 last year, 122 this year. I didn't think he would threaten 160. Like, I know one of our other, other writers, Tony Ferrari, he called the McDavid getting 134. And we kind of we kind of chuckled saying, ah, there's no way he'll get to 134. And he might surpass 134, which is our highest prediction on the hockey news. So, I don't... I. He on it like I'm gonna say I don't see him slowing down. I don't see him slowing down, taking games off. Like I just see him. I could see him getting. I'll say 152, and for goals, I will say he taps out at 66 for goals. Okay, so close. Yeah, close to 70, but not quite. Um, you know what? And it's I mean, just speaking of those numbers is is crazy. I'd love to see him work. My my bold prediction is one. For me, it's one sixty-five points. I think I, I think he I, I think he can do it. And, and I would want, I love round numbers, and I love for some reason you know it's not that I hate the Leafs. It's not because we got to be non-biased here. It's not that I I hate Matthews, but I'd love to see him in seventy, just to say he got ten more than Matthews, and 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 maybe we put that conversation to to bed for once and for all, and and to, and really. Because the rest of the league for years has said, well, Conor McDavid's good, but he's not this he's not this prolific goal scorer. He's not this, you know, this well-rounded player. Well, you know what? Like I just talked about, he put the rest of the league on notice this year, and he's starting to shoot the puck. And that shot that he developed and that shot that he's got, we knew that he had, it's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, it is. It is amazing. You know what? Austin Matthews, you know, I, won't, I wouldn't say Matthews is going down lightning. He's got a... He saw they saw a team in Toronto, so you could see Austin Matthews next year. Yeah. Next year could be a solid race rocker shot between those two, which I think you know if yeah. you're if you're an ESPN, if you're a TNT, you would love seeing next year race for the rocker shot being even Matthews in twenty twenty four. What do you what are you buying into? I, I mean, I got to put this to rest too. I, I see this all over the place. I mean, you look at Connor and Leon. We we know their their contracts are you know we we know they're coming up and. And we talked about this for years. The window is now, and we've had these discussions locally. But is there, a, like, do you see, is there Connor McDavid and Ovechkin, and he stays with the Oilers for, is this a 10-plus year? Or or are we at a, are we in a point in our sports world that, you know what, Connor looks at it at the end of his, his three years left or whatever it is and says, you know what, yeah, we got a cup. Maybe we got a cup. Maybe we didn't, but we came close in the final four and the final two, whatever it is. And he walks. I mean, because there's so much right now speculation, especially with the new building potentially in Arizona. Uh, Austin Matthews being a local product potentially ending up in Arizona when his contract's up. I mean, is it realistic to have both Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid move on when their contracts are up? I think both teams have taken a step forward. Both Edmonton and Toronto have to show these guys we're taking a major step forward. And that could be another return to, if, if you're Toronto, that can mean winning a couple of rounds. If you're Edmonton, that can mean getting back to the Western Conference Final or making it to a Cup Final. I feel for both guys, 
they need the organization to show them, you know, hey, we are going forward. And it, it can't be it can't be a year of regression for either guy. I think if both teams if, if both teams take another step forward, I can see both guys staying in Toronto in the long term. It's all about moving forward and getting better than the year before for I think both Matthews and McDavid Brad. What's I mean, let, let's talk because I got out in the background here and the the Flames obviously are up four two against Dallas, but I mean that's a team that look they're not they they pushed Edmonton to you know obviously six games and, and we know what happened there. Um but I mean it's almost like Calgary is taking a kind of a step back in a regression. Is this kind of maybe a, a teardown time? The Flames are we we've seen the you know they kind of went they they all in with with Huberto and and Kadri and and you know all, all these all these guys and Uyghur obviously with the other piece in Florida. What what's what's going on in Calgary? <laughs> you know what's funny when the year began, everybody was talking about you know oh the Flames will get their revenge on Edmonton this year. Calgary will finish yeah. over the Oilers. If, you, if, they, if they play again in the in a series, it'll be Calgary's time. But Calgary may not even make it. Calgary may not even get to have a rematch against Edmonton. And I said before on Game Over, Brad, I think that the tenure of Daryl Sutter is going to come to an end. I I know I know ownership likes him, but this is a kind of coach where his style, where he's thin on players. It had an expiry date in Los Angeles. You can tell it's expiring now in Calgary again. These kind of old school coaches, the the Sutters, the Mark Crawfords, Mike Keenans, in this era of hockey, players don't want to hear that. Players don't want to deal with that for much longer. So I don't know how much longer he can last as a coach in Calgary. I, I think next year you're going to get a new bench boss, and it should be, it should be Bruce Boudreau. That should be the guy I feel for Calgary next year. Yeah, you know, you you talk about Bruce Boudreau and, and what happened in Vancouver and that whole Think that is that is a hundred percent the guy um, that that I was going to even talk about too in Calgary is and and if a guy can turn around the team it's it's that guy he's you know he seems like a, a player's coach um, you know he was well liked in Vancouver you've seen what the the fans did with him and the and the players and the emotion when he got let go I mean you see both sides obviously but it was tough to see Bruce go and and, and for me a hundred percent that's the guy. I would want if I'm Calgary, or maybe they look, you know, internally. Maybe there's an assistant there, or, or something there that Brad Freeliving potentially likes. Uh, their AHL coaching stock can potentially. So I mean, there, there's a lot of different uh, different things they could do. But I guess one other name, I, 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 you know, somebody brought up to me the other day, and you talk about Ken Holland and defenseman. We looked at, you know, you mentioned the Chickrens who ended up at Ottawa. And, Matias Ekholm will ultimately end up in Edmonton, but one guy that didn't move was Eric Carlson. No, is is, is that a guy? If you're Ken Holland in the offseason, is that for in your, you know, in your view, I would love to see Eric Carlson still in Edmonton. You all of a sudden you add, and maybe a Bouchard goes the other way, and obviously a package, but you look at an Eric Carlson with a Matias Ekholm with a Darnell Nurse. And with the, you know, with Benny Day on A potentially taking a step, Broberg taking a step, CC obviously there, maybe, you know, maybe there's something there in terms of uh, that. But all of a sudden you add an Eric Carlson and this defense core becomes absolutely scary. What, what do you, what do you think? Am I, am I crazy? Am I dreaming? Or is this in your mind a real possibility? I think this team should definitely still be interested in finally <clears throat> mitigate Eric Carlson if it's now a, 
offseason move. I I still firmly believe it should have been a, a midseason move because San Jose is in, in peak is in peak teardown. I don't know why the Sharks are keeping that asset when they're not going to be good for quite some time. Mike Greer yeah. should have made a move, and I know I know the money wouldn't. I know the money is tough to have worked, but I was a sure. big advocate in a three team deal, getting creative. That's how make these kind of deals work, and it could happen this offseason. But I think Eric Carlson is someone with the window with the window to win still open. I think that's a guy you should definitely still add. He's a guy who McDavid drives out wanted. He's still very good offensively. He's still he's a strong puck mover. This is the kind of guy who you definitely do add. I know I know the contract isn't the best, but again, if you can find a way to get the Sharks some salary or get through team involved, bringing him yeah. in for next year as a guy, if you, if you don't win this year, to try and bring him in to win next year. You, you're sure. this, still, this is still the prime of your young guys, and you still have also to dry sidle. You, you still have um, Hyman, you still have Nugent Hopkins. Go for right. it, see what you can do in the offseason. Because I definitely think you should not be turning Peter, and you should find a way to bring him in for next year to boost that D even more so come um, come next season. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, another guy that's that's taken a real you know step forward even in the last couple months is you know, Warren Fogle. You know, he, he's really. He's really taking on that kind of that bottom six kind of role, kind of top nine. He's kind of up and down the lineup, but I, I've liked his game the last you know month and a half, two months, and I, I thought he's uh, I thought he's been kind of turning it around as well because he was he was in trade talks, you know, before the deadline as well, and and he's kind of really t- kind of seemed to fall into his own, which has been good. Yeah, well, Fogel, he, he had no choice to step up. Like, he's had no choice but to get better because Warren Fogel's yeah. game earlier this year was so inconsistent. I know he's on the heater right now, but he had no choice. This is a guy who was looking at potentially, yeah, a trade waiver. It's like, if his game did not improve, he was not going to be here for much longer. So I do like seeing Fogel's game step up. Also, to Derek Ryan. I've liked what Derek Ryan has done this year. Yeah. 11 goals in the season. He has been... He's been one of the better depth ads in recent memory for this franchise. He's been one of the better depth forwards for what he's brought to this team over, over his two years at Edmonton, Brad. Well, you think like Devin Shore, right? Devin, De- even in the last, you know, couple of weeks for, for Devin Shore, he's kind of, you know, had that fire under under his butt too. You, he's been sent down, sent up, sent down. And, and, and now, you know, that's kind of another guy that's had no choice but to, but to, you know, step up or, or, or sit down type thing, and and he's kind of found a found a nice little role the last you know little bit as well. No, exactly. I will see. The, I will see this team respond again when Evander Kane returns from his injury. You know, we'll see how the forward core respond. But I think Emerson right now. And now the before we go, uh, wrap things up. Here, a couple more things. What are your thoughts, Brad? What are your thoughts, Brad? In the last two games of this road trip, where Edmonton will be playing the Boston Bruins, and then wrapping up the road trip uh, in Toronto. Yeah, well, look, I, you know what, I for one like the game they played against Boston Edmonton. I thought, I thought they played them hard. I thought it was a good hockey game. Obviously, the the goal, the third Boston goal from from his stomach was, I mean, some would call it a fluke goal, some call it a nice, you know, goal. It it happens. I feel for Stu, um, but but it might. It, let's be real. This is this team's on a heater, and and that being Boston, this is. Um, this is the best team in the National Hockey League. If you're playing this team at all in the Eastern Division or Eastern Conference in the playoffs, I am scared. Um, this is a team that found a way to add still. They added the Tyler Pertuzzi. They walked up David Pasternak. 
They, you know, they went out and they added the pieces of Dimitri Orlov. Mm-hmm. Hathaway, who, you know, even at Garnet Hathaway, I would have targeted five Edmonton. I love that grittiness, that, that sandpaper, especially going into the playoffs. That's, you kind of need that. Uh, but obviously, Vander Kane coming back, I think we'll, we'll provide that. And, and this might, this team might even, you know, all the pieces now fit together with the Vander Kane back. This might truly be a complete hockey team. And, uh, I, I really think they'll play Boston the same way. Uh, they should. I'd like them to, to at least get a point. Obviously, two points are nice. I, I think it'll be a, a much different outcome. This team is is a little bit better now since the deadline, obviously, but so is Boston. So so I think a great, great, uh, great matchup. And Toronto, I mean, we've seen for the first time in, in 10 matchups, they beat the Leafs at home in Edmonton. Uh, it was a, I, I thought Edmonton played a great hockey game. Obviously, the debut of Matias Ekholm, I he, I thought he played well. Goaltending was well. I'm not sure now if I'm if I'm Edmonton, I'm not sure. Maybe you give the net to Jack Campbell that night to you know obviously his former team, you know playing his former team. Maybe some nostalgic things. Depending how Stewart plays, um, he played well tonight. You give him the rain against Boston again. Maybe some revenge there. Uh, maybe they find a way to win and. And I, I really like the trajectory this team's on right now. And they've shown at times and at big points in the year that they can play with these big teams. And that that has got to give you hope and promise going into the playoffs, especially you know you're going to have to play a Colorado. You know you're going to have to, you know, potentially play a Vegas or Seattle. Um, so so I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the last two of this road trip and especially the final uh, – Final stretch of you know eighteen games or so. With uh, we'll see what Edmonton's truly made of the last month going into the playoffs, and and what kind of momentum that they can build uh, now that their team now again with their team really solidified. Can't come back. They got their D man in at home. Set, steady things down. We'll see how they look in the playoffs. No, exactly. We definitely will see. And before I let you go, Brad, uh, I'll let you blo- want to plug anything you're up to, and I'll let you plug your, plug your social media. And, of course, for those of you who don't know, Brad has been a big advocate for um, disability in, Al- in Alberta, Edmonton, and making Edmonton more accessible because, again, being around Brad, being uh, work, going to school with him, being his co-host on different shows like the Brian Avery Hour, you, 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 you learn how tough it can be for someone who lives with cerebral palsy, who's in a wheelchair. That didn't, you know, there's certain things you don't see, you now, you see more often now how a lot of restaurants, buildings aren't able to handle wheelchair and stuff. So let's talk a little about what you've been doing, Brad, to try to make Edmonton more accessible and as a whole. Yeah, yeah, and, and your support's been awesome. And again, thank you, uh, thank you so much for for what you do and and sharing everything. Obviously, you can find me on Twitter, and, you know, broadcaster Brad, and you know, Instagram at Brad Inspires, and Facebook on Brad Barker or. Our disability page, uh, disability.abd, or or disability accessible by design. If you're if you're looking for the, the full thing, and it's really just bringing awareness and and education to you know governments and policies and and schools and restaurants and you know we we started in hospitality. We we helped a, a good handful here in Edmonton. We you know Avery, we we did uh, you you were along for the ride with the Stingers, and you know and, and we're we're working on some elk stuff and. Uh, the Oilers have been a, a huge support, and obviously our good friend Gene Principe. And, uh, you know, just now doing getting involved with governments and, and making sure that they're, you know, maybe pushing some policies forward. And, and to understand that we're all going to become disabled in some way, shape, or form, uh, whether that's old age, accident, permanently, short-term, whatever that may be, 
and really getting the world to think proactively instead of, you know, what we normally think about is reactively and, uh, and really starting to build a better world for hopefully everybody as we uh, continue to move forward and, and plow, uh, plow forward. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to what's next. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Brad. It's a great, great work, work you're doing to make Edmonton and Canada as a whole more accessible. And anyways, those of you who hate, for, anyways, we're going to wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. As always, if you like the content, please like, subscribe, and comment to the Game Over channel, SDPN. Support all the hosts, coast to coast from Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg. We love doing this. Love bringing people on to chat and talk hockey after all these different games. I'll be back again to talk about the Oilers Bruins game on Thursday, and then I'll be back again on Saturday night to recap Edmonton and Toronto. For Brad Bartko, I'm Avery Lewis McDougal. I am out. We'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. Have a good night. Later. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.